Hey men, and welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of the hosts of the show, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. Diga. Nope. <laughs> you're not even giving effort nowadays. <laughs> like, just get to it. Not getting that one. <laughs> because now your goal, like you pulled out Saw in the last episode. Now your goal is just to be like, well, let me find something outrageous that I know there's no way he's ever going to get. Well, I'm just, I'm going is like. Is this at least a human language and not teenager speak? Uh, yeah, yes, yes. You hesitated. I did because it's in a different language, but it's like slang. It's, it's in Spanish. They say diga. It's like saying like, talk to me in, um, in English or what's on your mind or yeah. So I mean, do you have a website that you just go into and being like, I might have, I might have a group of followers that just, just send me stuff nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) So, so we've got listeners that are like, dude, I'm going to help Kellen out. They they like to stump you. They're like, no, this will really get, this will really get PJ. Like say this. dude. Hopefully you guys are understanding. This is not difficult at this point. Like (laughs) I'm not up with the slang, especially if you start going slang in foreign languages at me, like just lost you. It's gone. It's over. I can't do it. And yeah. Anyway, safe to say you won't use diga in any of your conversations either. Probably not. Probably not. Sa diga. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not happening. It's not happening. You're not taking any notes. So I thought. I thought maybe when we started this that you're like, you know what? I'm gonna try to write those diversify down. Diversify my. Yeah, not so much. Yeah. No. Not so okay. much. Anyway. Yeah. I. I. Uh, yeah. Speaking of humbling moments with languages, I was. We were. I was walking through our break room the other day, and some of our facilities team was in there, and. They're like, hey, Pastor PJ, you know, uh, you know Greek, don't you? I was like, yeah, I, don't, I know Greek. <laughs> well, I didn't realize they had like Greek flashcards that they were sitting there. And so they're like, well, hold on a second. And they reach through and they pull out like the ones at the back of the box that happen like three times in uh-huh. the New Testament that I just, I don't know. Yeah. And they're like, what's this word? I'm like, I, I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, it means this. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah, then I they pull that. out another one. What's this word? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can read it. I can pronounce it, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> Lagos tells me what that means. Yeah. yeah, well, it means this. Oh, okay. Yeah, thanks. Like, they're not giving me the easy ones, no, right? No, of course not. They don't, know, they don't even know the difference. They expect no. you to know all of right. them. Right. And that's like, I'm, I'm taking Greek right now. My favorite thing is when people are like, can you speak Greek for me? I'm like, it, it, no, it doesn't. Right. That's not why I'm studying it. I'm right. studying to be able to read and understand the original language, not to be able to just speak a new language. Like, right. that's not... Right. So the response on there is, oh, well, I know Koine Greek. Because two things. Number one, it makes you sound pretentious. And then number two, <laughs> Koine, Koine yeah. Greek is the, the, was the, the, the yeah. lingua franca of the New Testament age. Not so much anymore. I don't speak modern Greek. That's yeah. what you can tell them. Like that's just a step down. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, where do we go? Anyways. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men who seek to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. Um, hey, last episode, which if you haven't listened to, you can jump back and listen to, uh, we talked about how to engage in meaning, meaningful conversations with other men inside the church. Uh, so these are men that you are seeing on a weekly basis at Bible studies or small groups or, you know, just as you're attending church. But, uh, as Christian men, hopefully we are engaging in conversations also with other men that are outside the church. Uh, with your neighbors, with your coworkers, with uh, family members even, um, that are, are people that aren't sitting there professing to know Christ even, uh, that, that they are openly saying, you know what, I'm, I'm not a Christian. And we want to talk in this episode about how can you be intentional with those conversations as well, because we want to have a, a good communication with them. We want to have a, a good 
basis of interacting with our neighbors that's not just like a wave when we pull in our driveway or a head nod or a saw, mm-hmm. uh, if you will, as, uh, as they're getting out of their car and going inside. If, if we want open doors for the gospel, we need to be able to pursue them and know them and have conversations with them uh, that are going to lead to those open doors for the gospel. So, um, Kellen, let's, let's just jump right in. Let's, let's say we've got our next-door neighbor, and our next-door neighbor is not a believer, um, but we want to begin to just talk with them, and, and maybe we've got some guys out there listening going, I really don't know how I find common ground with somebody who isn't a Christian. Yeah. It starts by getting to know them. Um, sometimes there's that hesitation to probe back on, you know, who they are, where they came from, how they grew up. So almost like an interview. Uh, many of us have, have probably been on multiple interviews, and the way you get to know somebody and, and see if they're going to be a fit for your organization or your team is, hey, I, I, I want to know as much about you as possible. Well, we need to be able to have that period of time with whether it's our neighbors or a family member or a friend. Uh, you know, if you don't know enough about that person, you're always going to run into sort of that ceiling because you run out of stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. And find out what they're interested in. We talked a lot about the la- in the last episode of listening, really intentionally listening, and listening um, with uh, the motive to understand and learn more about them. Um, and I think it starts there. And so those conversations should be, again, set aside to find out who they are, where they came from. You might find some commonalities that, you know, you guys can talk about for days, like, you know, where you grew up at or your favorite sports team and and those type of things. But you you have to establish that point of I got to – I have to know who you are before I can start having conversations because otherwise it's just going to hit a wall and we're going to – it's going to hit that awkward moment. Right. So asking questions. I mean, men, you, we need to to become experts at asking good questions and asking questions of your neighbor, right? And yeah, just like Kellen was talking about there, that is a great way to start to get to know somebody. Um, where are you from? Well, I uh, lived in California for the past 15 years, but originally I'm from, you know, Texas. Okay. Well, what brought you from Texas to California? Like ask these follow-up questions. Well, my job did. Oh, really? Well, what do you do for a living? Um, how long have you done that? Do you enjoy that? You know, what, uh, what got you into that? Um, was you, did you grow up there in Texas? You know, before you moved out here, was your family from there? You ask, just continue to ask these background questions and get to know the person, right? Think yeah. of them um, as they've got a story and you want to find out what that story is. Yeah. And you can almost get to that point, go, again, going back to our last episode and transitioning to this one. If we get in the habit of just saying, hey, how's everything going? Because that's the easy thing to do with your neighbor is like, hey, neighbor, how you doing? Oh, you're good? Good, good. And then before you know it, a year has gone by and you you don't know anything about your neighbor. And all that does right. is make it harder and harder um, for you to step back and get to know them. But at some point in time, if you, if you hadn't got an opportunity to know somebody that you're interacting with uh, frequently, then it doesn't hurt to say, you know what, we've been saying, you know, very surface level, hey, how you doing? But I really want to get to know you. Yeah. Um, and then those questions that you just prompted us with is are great. And I think that is almost, um, it, it takes the weight off the shoulders for that person that you're talking to as well, especially if they're a guy, because typically they're feeling the same way of like, I should probably spend time, but I don't want to. If we take the lead there, it just makes the convers- that little time investment makes conversations go a lot deeper in the future. And that's where we want to go. Right, right. And it, it's even you know, that, that witness there is going to be helpful, right? Because you are, 
you know, Jesus described that we're, we're supposed to be salt in this, this earth and salt enhances the flavor of something. So if you think about us as the salt of the earth, the salt of the gospel, you know, we want people based on their interaction with us, even before we even get to the gospel, um, if they know that we're Christians, we want to enhance the, the idea of Christianity in their mind. As, uh, as Paul would say, uh, I believe it was in Titus, he said, we want to adorn the, doc, the, the gospel. Um, we want to make the gospel look beautiful. And part of the way that's going to happen is if you will take the time to get to know your neighbors, if you will take the time to ask these questions and, uh, and get to know them. And just like we talked about in the last episode, some of the reasons why we don't open up and we don't share with people is because we feel like, man, I don't want to burden them. Uh, you know, it's the same thing. Sometimes the reason why we don't engage our neighbors, we're like, well, I don't want to bug them. Yeah. You know, I, they, they probably don't want to talk to me. I don't, I don't want to come across as like the weird guy that's like, oh, hey, there's, there's Bill again. <laughs> Quick, let's run inside before Bill says something to us. And again, that comes back to our pride. Because we're, we're worried that they're going to think poorly of us, that they're going to think negatively of us, that they're going to reject us, whatever. And we got to get over that because we want to make Christ look good. And I'd much rather have somebody say, hey, I've got a neighbor who's a Christian who is just super friendly, and sometimes they're a little over-friendly to me, than somebody who's like, yeah, I've got a neighbor who's a Christian, and I've never talked to them before. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And thinking about us as Christians is like what, when Jesus was here on earth, he spent a lot of his time with sinners. And it wasn't that he was just going to hang out with sinners. Like if we look at, you know, Luke 19, we talk about him and, and Zacchaeus. Is like he went and had dinner with Zacchaeus. And what did the first thing the, the Pharisees did? They grumbled, right? Why is he doing that? Why is he doing that? Well, Jesus tells them in Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man came and seek and sa- to seek and save the lost. And that, that's our mission as Christians. We are to go make disciples. The only way we go make disciples is get out with uh, non-believers. Right. And again, not conforming to who they are and what they're doing, uh, but having the mindset of going out to win people to Christ. And, and right. Paul, Paul talked about that as well. It's like, you know, uh, for the weak, I became weak, right? And for to the Jews, I became a Jew. And, and all of these things, but he at the end of it, he says, I did this to win people to Christ. That was the purpose. Um, and at the end of the day, he's still under the law of Christ. That never changes. Right. Um, and we need to have that mindset of like, in order for us to go meet the, the, the great commission that Jesus has given us is we have to get out there and we have to make conversations. Right. It's so easy to say like, oh, I don't have anything to connect. Well, work. Work right. to find something to connect. Find the commonality between you and that person and figure it out. It's not going to be easy. It's much easier to go hang around with Christians and, you know, you can have conversation for days. Uh, yeah, that's the easy work. But Jesus came and he showed us and did the hard work, which is I'm going to go hang out with these people that are quote unquote sick because they, they need me rather right. than somebody that's righteous and they don't think they need God. Right. Right. And it's, it, what about, we go to church, we talk to people at church, we assume that they're Christians, right? Mm, so if yeah. somebody at church is like, yeah, I'm a believer, you're like, okay, great. But in our neighborhood, our next door neighbor, let's say we're starting to get to know them, talk with them, everything else like that. They find out we go to church and they're like, oh yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a Christian too. And in the back of your mind, you're like, man, I've, I've never seen this guy go to church. Yeah. You know, I've, I've listened to his words coming out of his mouth and the way that he speaks and the things that he says, everything else like that. And it's not our job to be fruit police and, and sit there and <laughs> condemn people and be like, dude, you're not a Christian. Stop telling us you are a Christian. 
But if if we have a genuine love and concern for this the soul here, we we want to maybe vet that a little bit, right? Yeah. And explore what he means by that. And so, um, you know, we need to figure out okay, how can we be intentional and get beyond the surface even when somebody that we first meet, whether it's our neighbor, our coworker, or somebody you're standing in line at the grocery store with, happen it comes up. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a Christian. I go to church too. What should some of our follow up questions be in those situations? The first one is, I think, getting straight to the testimony, salvation, and it's like, cool, you're a Christian, me too. Like, I'd love to share my my testimony with you. I'd love to hear yours too. And again, there's a a difference maker there that you know the true Christian should be excited about sharing their testimony. Let me let me tell you how God's worked in my life. Let me tell you how He's changed me from what I was to who I am now. I'm a new believer, a uh, new creation in Christ. There's an excitement about that. Well, for those who, quote unquote, claim they're Christian, that's a little offensive of like, how dare you? Why are you questioning? Are you trying to say that I'm not? And so you can easily, uh, and look, we're not here to sort of, again, sniff that out and be the fruit police. But when we look at passages like Matthew 7, 22 and 23, it's like, there will be many that will say, Lord, Lord. And those are the ones that are saying right now, like, I'm Christian. My whole family's Christian. Or I live in the Bible Belt. Of course I'm Christian. Uh, and, and at that point, God will say, I, I never knew you. Right. And those those people we interact with a lot. And it's that important for us to vet that out. Not because we're trying to be fruit police or not because we're trying to, you know, uh, call somebody out and say, like, hey, no, you're not, or, or prove that they're not. It's that important that I, I just want to make sure and if you know you're sure about it, you're going to be excited to tell me about what God's done in your life, because it's not our own doing. Right. Right. In Ezekiel chapter 33, uh, which I know all of us are super familiar with, it's yeah. our favorite chapter of the Bible. Um, but just in case it's not yours, let me just remind you. Um, no. But in Ezekiel 33, and our, every time we come across this in our, our yearly daily Bible reading, I, I'm convicted by this. Uh, it says, God speaking, it says to Ezekiel, look, I've made you a watchman for the house of Israel. So for God's people, right? Mm-hmm. For the Israelites. I've made you a watchman, Ezekiel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. And he ta- goes on to say, look, if you fail to, to give them warning, if you fail to do this, Ezekiel, and they die in their sins, dude, that's, that's on you, right? You bear that guilt. You bear that weight. Because you didn't, you weren't faithful as my messenger to go to them and tell them, "Hey, look, you need to repent from your sins and, and seek forgiveness in Christ because of the the judgment that's impending." Of course, Ezekiel wouldn't have said, "Repent from your sins and seek forgiveness in Christ," um, but that's our message, right? Yeah. But then he goes on and he says this in Ezekiel thirty three nine. He says, "If you do warn them to turn from their way and they do not turn from their way, that person is going to die in their iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul." In other words, you will have done your part and. You know, it's not that we want to say, well, I have to share the gospel so I can wash my hands and be done with this and say, okay, God, that's not my fault. No, God's message to Ezekiel is, hey, I want you to love the people, to care about where they're going. And that's why I'm giving you these messages and telling you to go after them. So if your neighbor is there and your neighbor's like, oh, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, man, I'm a Christian, and you've got concerns, again, the, it's not that you've got concerns so that you can turn around and be like, dude, you're not a Christian. I heard you talk to your wife the other day. Dude, you're not a Christian. I, you've cussed 17 times since we've talked, and I'm, <laughs> I've got the ticker right here in my pocket. That's not the point. The point is, if you've got concerns or questions, you want to probe further in this because you want to make sure that they truly are saved. Yeah. Um, because the, that's... Eternity is at stake, right? Absolutely. Forget whether or not you've got a, a cordial relationship with your neighbor. No, this is eternity that we're talking about here. Yeah, and 
most Americans will say that for for this stat, will, I think it, in 2019 it was like over 75% would claim they're Christians. But then, I, I, I don't know the exact number, but it, when they put the mark up there, like, do you go to church once a month? Well, that number dropped down to below 30. And so th- there's a big difference between right. people just saying, like, hey, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Right. And th- this one for me, um, quite frankly, is one that I am passionate about and, and I... I have a heart for people that will say that, and I typically will dig in because that was me uh, growing up. I, you know, I, I lived in Texas, so I was in the in the Bible Belt. So I was like, of course I'm a Christian. I'm in the Bible Belt, right? I went to church on Sundays, and so I was like, well, of course I'm a Christian. I go to a church on Sunday. Um, my entire family uh, went to the same church. Well, my I, I was born into this family, so I'm a Christian. Like all of these reasons, and they're real. Like I, I hear it a lot with people. Um, that will say I'm Christian because I went to a school, I went to, I did this or I did that, and none of that is real. And it took me until, you know, my late 20s to find out that, wait a minute, all these things that I thought I was a Christian, I, I'm not a Christian because right. I, I just thought I was born into it, and that's right. a real thing, and you look at statistics. So, yeah, and that's why it's so important because there's plenty of people out there that are like, that were like, I was that are saying like I'm good. I can still do what I want. Sprinkle a little Jesus on it, and I'm good. Right. Um, and we as Christians need to be um, just so just intentional about it because eternity is at stake. That we need to dig in a little bit further than just saying like, okay, cool. I'll move off on it because you you said what you needed to say. Right. Right. Exactly. And all of this comes back to you and what you're talking about here is is actually loving other people. Yeah. Right. It's having that genuine concern, and we talked about this last time, and it's true as well in this episode, is we need to have a genuine concern you know, for our brothers in Christ, uh, for how they're doing in their relationship with the Lord. Uh, we also need to have a genuine concern, as we've been talking about here in this episode, for uh, those that are lost, those that are in our neighborhood, those that are in our place of work, those are maybe are even in our own family. Um, and looking for ways to get to know them so that we can ultimately share the gospel with them uh, as as God's ambassadors. And we've had episodes in the past. I was just looking through our, our list here trying to, to find what they're called, but they're there um, for talking about how you can have gospel conversations with people and how you can get there um, and, uh, and, and be intentional with that. So I'd encourage you to jump back through. We even have an episode back on January 13th on Apologetics. Uh, where we had a guest in here, Pastor John Fabara, is talking about some different things there, um, ways to engage with people who who may be unbelievers that you can get to the gospel quickly, because that's that next step. It's after you are intentional to get to know the person, it's looking for every opportunity to get to the cross that you possibly can. Yep. Um, and how do I go from, okay, I've been talking to my neighbor, I've been getting to know him, I've talked to him about his background, I'm, I, I really feel like I have a good relationship with him, you know, and and you don't have to wait till then to get to the cross. If the opportunity pops up before then, get there. But then we got to get from that to the cross. Yep. Because if we stay there, man, we're, we're we're just being nice to somebody on their way to hell, right? We need to get to the point of of loving them enough to be like, hey, dude, you know, we've we've got this relationship, this connection, that's great. But there's something that's the most important thing about me is my relationship with Christ. And I need to talk to you about that at some point, right? Like yeah. I still love the story of Matt Chandler's conversion that he was a freshman on the football team and uh, went into the locker room on day one of summer football. And one of the big gigantic senior linemen <laughs> was lockering next to him and came up and looked down at him. And he was like, Hey, my name's John. I'm going to tell you about Jesus at some point. You pick the time and place. 
So like that's how Chandler heard the gospel yeah. was somebody was like that direct with him. And I'm not saying go knock on your neighbor's door and be like, dude, I'm going to tell you the gospel right now. Uh, but we have to get there. And that's, uh, that's super important. So yeah. Um, Kellen, anything uh, to add? Yeah, just keeping in mind when, when that opportunity does come in, you know, we're, we're saying as Christians, we need to invest more. We need to ask more questions. Well, typically when you do that, people are going to reciprocate, reciprocate that, and they're going to ask you questions. So that's a great opportunity, as you just said. If we're Christians, that's the n- number one thing in our life is Jesus Christ. That's, that's an open door to be able to share that and convey that to whomever we're talking to and not shy away from it, and that probably should be the first thing that comes out of my mouth. Tell me, tell me about you. Well, first and foremost, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and that defines who I am as a mm-hmm. person, and everything else that I'm about to tell you flows through that. And, you know, when we talk about getting to the cross, there it is right there. You've sort of set the foundation to be able to come back to that because now they understand that that's the most important thing to you. And they might throw some questions. A lot of times people have these questions that are pent up in their mind. They just about, you know, eternity or the next life or about this life, evil and all of that stuff. And typically when people find out you're a Christian, they're like, well, hey, I got a question. So there's just a lot of things that can come out of intentionally caring about somebody and being genuine and investing time in that discussion well beyond the surface. Right. Right. Well, man, we're going to be praying for you this week, praying that you have opportunities to have these conversations with people in your life that uh, will hopefully lead to opportunities to share the gospel. And uh, we will be praying that that is uh, true of you this week and that God brings those appointments into your life. And so uh, we'll be praying that way as you strive this week to continue to be quality men of God. 